Welcome to Alta Force First Podcast. In this podcast, we are talking with local law enforcement about the recent hot topic of school shootings and gun control. Listen now as Alta Force begins episode one. I'm Braden. I'm Kyle. I'm Andrew. And I'm Cody. And here we have op- or not, Officer Deputy Horner and uh, Deputy uh, Kennedy. We have some questions for them. First question is, um, thoughts on police training for teachers? Teachers need to be trained in uh, how to better secure the rooms, how to react during an active shooter situation or an intruder situation. However, giving them full police training requires them to completely change gears. Uh, Teachers' number one priority is student safety. And to ask them to take on a police role and go into that training training mode is completely opposite of what they've been working on their entire life. I wholeheartedly uh, agree with Deputy Kennedy. Um, you know, teachers have a responsibility for the students' safety. Um, also, their primary job is to educate. Um, it's not a police uh, function. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, police are police. It's what we train to do. You know, uh, teachers are teachers. That's what they train to do. Um, but a basic level um, of some of the tactics and, and things of that nature, again, securing the room, um, identifying threats, you know, that kind of thing. That That's the kind of thing that we want to see with our teachers. All right. Second question. Um, have, uh, I can do that one. Okay. Um, well, the, <clears throat> what, what are your thoughts on how it would be like, back before there's gun violence students would like some students would have like guns in their vehicles because country kids having their parents vehicles chalk in the back seat what are your thoughts on that back in the day it had a purpose like you said it was rural areas the most of them were from uh, from farming communities or or farms that were pretty isolated uh, they were tools they were something that they they needed as well as the hunting aspect of it. A lot of people hunted for food, put on the table. Nowadays, unfortunately, due to uh, society's change in attitudes and everything, um, having guns on school property, even if they're inside a locked vehicle, gives individuals too much opportunity to um, obtain a weapon in the heat of the moment, meaning uh, if, if they have access to it, they may use it. So personally, I I like to have them banned from school property at all. So just not being allowed to have them at school property out like under any circumstance whatsoever. Correct. Um, I I agree wholeheartedly with uh, Deputy Kennedy. I really can't really add a whole lot to that. I mean that's 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 not going to be our stance on it as well. Yeah, that's what my dad used to say all the time when he was growing up as a kid that. All the country kids had shotguns in the back of their trucks, and it was just a usual sight. And- I'll, I'll tell you, I graduated in 1997, and uh, I will tell you that many more than once, um, you, they had gun racks in the back of the trucks, and they had cased guns, usually, um, and we never had any problems, you know. So you think it's more of a generational, like, issue that's coming up like you said, it's there's less of a need for them to be. There so, is, you, you, yeah, you can't give me an actual need at this point um, as as to why somebody would require to have a, a gun. 
um, in their car on school property. Um, and, and again, in this day and age, um, with all the uh, all the violence and the fact that it would readily be readily accessible to to a to a shooter, um, yeah, it's it's just it's a no brainer. It's it's a bad idea. Um, when training teachers and students, why would you tell the plan to everyone when uh, what does that word say? Potential potential shooter <laughs> is being trained and would know the plan. You want to start? Sure. Um, what we teach over in Warren County is is called ALICE, which stands for Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, and Evade. Um, it's a very basic. I, I like to I like to use the word. It's a common sense approach to to an active shooter. Um, basically, um, you send out an alert. Oh, we have an active shooter. Now everybody in the school knows there's an active shooter in in the in the, in the building. Um, you lock down. Why? Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to buy time, okay? You're trying to buy time for, for the police to arrive to take out the active shooter, okay, With, by whatever means. Um, you counter as a last resort, okay? Counter stands, it's, so you, so you got your bad guy that's coming into your room, okay? He, he can't get through the door, or he finally does get through the door, and then, you know, your students and your teachers uh, start throwing stuff at him. It's very hard to hit a target um, with a with a pistol or or even a rifle when stuff's getting thrown at you, like staplers or desks or you <laughs> just know, books. throwing a whole yeah, desk at them. Whatever, man. whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't matter what you're throwing at them. Um, it it messes up their. I mean, try it sometime. Try it with a Nerf gun. Um, you know, just just try to try to do that. And with with people throwing stuff at you, and your your target accuracy goes down like dramatically. Um, so that's that's like I said, that's the that's the counter. And then uh, we tried to, and obviously we want everybody to evacuate. Um, our our main goal is to have everybody leave. So if he's over in the north side of the building and you guys are on the south, the south side, oh, yeah. you just get out. You know what I mean? I mean, again, it's a very common sense approach to um, to a situation. And uh, again, uh, between buying time. Uh, for the police to arrive um, and just getting out whenever you possibly can. I mean, you don't want to present a target uh, if you don't have to. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Well, <clears throat> the, for this question, what do you think that it'd be good for all the students to know or would it be better just for the teachers to know? So oh, absolutely. Case? No, this is, this is, this is a, this is a teacher and student, uh, type of thing. I mean, the students need to be trained as well. Well, the argument is that what if one of the students is the shooter mm -hmm. and they know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. so they'll try to counteract that. They well, can go ahead. Statistically, the the perpetrators um, are usually former students or or individuals with very little association with the school. So even let's let's take um, Columbine. A couple of uh, students that were there had the school been trained. The situation becomes so fluid and changes so rapidly in the heat of battle that even though they know the plan and where the kids may be running, it, it's not going to benefit them. 
they attempted in Columbine to uh, set off a bomb in the cafeteria, get everybody running outside, and that's where they wanted to do their attack. Didn't work. I mean, things go wrong. So to say that we're training the perpetrator when we train everybody else, statistically, you need to be trained a lot more than we need to worry about that. You need to know how to keep yourself safe. Because if, if they want to harm somebody, they're going to find a way to harm somebody, whether they know the plan or not. So it's not that big a deal in our eyes. I don't know what students think of it, but do you have any thoughts? Typically, it just seems like um, it'd be more likely that one of like people that we would know would be more likely to do it, and because they would know what we're going to do, the school they know everything, how everyone acts. It would be easier for them if they know what, what the plan is. And but it may start out that way, but like I say, it's so fluid. Things become hectic so quickly in those kinds of situations. It's not going to do them much good to know what the original plans uh, for evacuation or, or whatever were. Now, given that, uh, I know you have accurate evacuation points and stuff, safe zones to run to, that sort of thing. Those are routinely changed just to keep somebody else on their toes. That I agree with. Uh, you don't want to to tell somebody, well, we're going to go here every single time because they could set up an ambush there. Uh, so those, those things change. So we do things on our training end of it to try and keep everybody on their toes. But like I said before, you understanding how to keep yourself safe, how to best prepare yourself for a situation like that is much more important than worrying about if we're training the perpetrator or not. And again, uh, at evacuation points, um, there's a large, there's going to be a very large presence of, of police um, and, and a very short period of time. Um, even in here in Knox County, if a situation were to, you know, touch off or whatever, um, even us over in Warren County, we would come over. Uh, Galesburg would come. Uh, the state police would come. Um, we could we could we could rapidly set up uh, a lot of manpower very quickly. Um, and again, our our evacuation points, their evacuation points, um, would be protected. Um, do you think, like, in the event of a school shooting? Do you think that teachers should have a gun case or safe that they could access? My personal feelings, uh, no. And the reason is, uh, again, um, it goes back to the whole, um, should people have guns in their cars on, on school property? No. Um, I think uh, arming teachers, um, I think, is a bad idea. Their primary job, again, is student safety, education, that type of thing. Um, they're not, they're not designed to, uh, engage in an active, active shooter, active killer type of situation. It's not their job. My first thought on that is you're asking an individual that has devoted their life to teaching children or students and protecting those students to suddenly change gear, pick up a weapon and possibly fire at one of their students. You're asking an awful lot of that individual. 
So it becomes more of an emotional state for them. Right. It. So that for them to Good be able to do life, that yeah. that's is, is very hard. So what you've actually done then is provided another weapon for the bad guy. Because the bad guy doesn't have a problem with that. That was a lot more articulate than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, in your police training or whatever, um, what, how has like all that prepared you for the possibility of there being a school shooter or someone attacking the school? I think from our standpoint, um, in Warren County, our students are trained. Our staff, our teachers are trained. Our command staff is, is trained. Um, our medical staff is, is trained. Our fire departments uh, are trained. Um, I think in the event, um, you know, God forbid something like that were to happen, um, I think our response would be a, a little bit better than, than chaos. Um, it's going to be bad no matter how much planning you put into something. Um, there, there's never, because again, uh, these events are very fluid as, as, uh, uh, you know, Deputy Kennedy was talking. Um, so you can, you can plan and plan and plan and plan and plan. Um, and then it still turns out, uh, you know, it, it, it's never going to be good. Um, but like I said, it, it could be worse and, and without training and, uh, you know, that type of situation, I mean, it's, it's, it's mass chaos, you know, um, and I guess a little chaos versus mass chaos is a little bit better. You're never going to be completely prepared for a situation like that. No matter how much training you do, you're never going to be completely prepared. However, we've done hours and hours of training on uh, how to effectively respond to those situations. Some of the good, some of the bad. Um, some of the things I don't like to have to think about uh, when I'm responding to something like that. But we do those hours of training so that we can react rather than having to stop and think about, okay, what do we need to do? It's that uh, muscle memory type yeah, deal. Just you just instinctively just. Correct. You, um, and the rest of our people, we, we talk about it on a routine basis. Uh, they go through training scenarios and everything else so that they can react to those situations. But once again, you're never going to be fully prepared. So what preparations do you think schools could do more to prevent shootings? I'm glad you asked that one because I've got the same question for you guys. Uh, what they're doing now is fantastic. Um, they're working more on the secure end of it as far as securing doors, locking doors, making sure everybody's got a buzz in, making it harder for a perpetrator to get into the school. Um, they're training their teachers and students on how to barricade doors, uh, don't become the victim cowering in the corner like Alice teaches to, to do something to fight back, you know, break up that OODA loop. And um, so I think, I think they're taking the proper steps. In our opinion, I'm sure law enforcement's opinion, there's more things that we could do. However, we keep running up against that roadblock where you don't want to make schools into prisons. So that's where I'd like to ask your opinion. What would, do you feel comfortable with the schools doing to secure the facilities that still keeps you comfortable with learning? 
Um, me, I feel like that we should have bulletproof windows and bulletproof doors. More or less, the window thing. So, like, like right there on that door is that if the shooter can easily put shots through if they can see a student, but if you make it bulletproof, they have to go through the door itself, giving time for response. Uh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Metal doors, bulletproof glass, that sort of thing. Do you metal detectors or are you comfortable with metal detectors? I mean, yeah. there should be problems with our school because you have computers and there's metal parts in it. So, well, there's, there's always like, about. there's always yeah. a bucket thing. Yeah. I mean, so, some students probably want to be okay with it because they mm-hmm. like, the, yeah. Like the you don't, you don't think, I guess what I'm getting at is you don't think that that would be, uh, you know, a, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? A violation of your rights to have to walk through a metal detector to come into school. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but there are people that would yeah, bother. Perfectly okay with that. See, and that's, that's where some of the security measures, they run up against that brick wall because people, first off, they don't want to turn the schools into prisons, which right. I fully understand. But then they start screaming about their personal liberties, their personal rights. And there is and, a balance. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know what that balance, balance is. Um, and, and it does vary. Um, you know, because, I mean, we as police, we don't, we're not into, uh, I mean, we don't want to violate your rights. Um, right. uh, we have to play by the rules. And whatever those rules are, it's what we, we do the best we can, um, you know, um, to, to balance your individual rights and the security. Um, and I'm 100% behind uh, the steel doors and the bulletproof glass and Absolutely. things like that. Without getting too political here, we need to get the government to to start putting some extra funding into our school system Absolutely. so that those things can be provided. Uh, I know there's schools right now that are uh, changing out their doors or putting in new doors. And my first question was, great, are they metal? No, they're the old-fashioned wood doors, uh, you know, which defeats the purpose of security. So, uh, so you just replace the door with the same thing you had but before. But funding, much. funding is the big yes, thing. Uh, you got to come yeah. up with money. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's very expensive, unfortunately. So but it's kind are, of a catch-22. But you guys are doing the right thing. I mean, bringing attention to these Absolutely. sort of things, and maybe we can get that funding to start. Absolutely. Yeah, speak up. You know? Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> One other thing that I would like to see um, in terms of uh, what was what was our question here? The pr- preparation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. One of the one of the other things that I'd like to see uh, um, in terms of the funding would be for education for uh, school staff uh, for identifying students more likely to pose a threat. Yeah, possible uh, a threat yeah. assessment type of type of situation. Um, that way, administrators and and teachers can, like I said, identify the subs, the you know uh, the potential threat, bring it to law enforcement's attention, uh, let law enforcement do their job, um, and determine whether or not the subject is a threat or not a threat. Um, is is he just uh, some mad kid, um, you know, posting stuff on Facebook because his girlfriend broke up with him, or uh, you know, is he a serious serious threat? You know that that type of situation. So, so basically, keep a closer eye on how the students behave. Well, I would just again, um, I would like to to provide the education to the teachers to be able to make that determination. 
you get what I'm saying? Uh, mm -hmm. to, to make that threat assessment, um, to, to bring that to law enforcement's attention and let law enforcement do their job. So um, then the, the big elf in the room is what is the main cause, do you think, of the shootings? Is it more of a mental, psychological thing or is it just people not liking people? Does, does it boil down to that or does it boil down That's to that? That's a tough one to answer. Um, you'll hear everything from it's the violent video games to mm -hmm. it's the music that these young people listen to. None of that can be proven. I mean, um, I was just reading an article on violent video games and, and the correlation. The correlation is, is that somebody who wants to do harm has that, that, uh, mean streak in them is going to play those types of games. That's it. Or is no. desensitized. Right. Well, I've, well, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. As but the, there's, there's no, the there's no real research in, in any of that to prove it. Um, I think it's society as a whole, unfortunately, uh, has gotten to the point where somebody feels that they've been disrespected and I'll just uh, do away with them. So, you know, to prove that I should have been respected in the first place. Uh, I sometimes have to stop and, and wonder, we'll get calls where somebody's creating a problem, uh, usually from another student. They're, they're picking on me now. Well, can you laugh at people? make fun of them because they're different, um, talk behind their back, and then not expect them to react. I think it's got to start there. We've got to start accepting everybody for who they are. I mean, this would be a pretty boring world if we were all the same. Come yeah. on. We should yeah. be embracing really that. Maybe boring. But unfortunately, a lot of times it goes the other direction. And uh, that creates that attitude where, well, I'm going to get even. And back in my day when I was growing up, um, getting even meant going out on the playground after school and having that fist fight. Now, unfortunately, getting even means going home, getting your parents' gun, and going after somebody. So it's society. And I think you guys, once again, are on the right track. All of this talk due to the Florida incident has been fantastic. It's getting students to to rise up and recognize what the problems are, start talking about what those problems are. That's the only way we're going to get to fix them. Keep, keeping the word spread will make it so it becomes more of keep, keep space in the limelight yeah. of right. the media right. keeps it relevant. I would still, uh, I'd like to expand just a little bit on on that question. Um, you know, one of one of the, I mean, I think we could probably all agree that. Uh, one of the main causes has to be mental illness. I mean, anybody that could just sit there and just, you know, shoot up his friends, shoot up, uh, you know, fellow classmates, uh, anybody that could People really do that. Years. Um, well, I, was, I could never see myself do that. Me neither. Um, no matter how mad I got, um, you know, and, and, and I have to, I have to, I just have to believe this, that either the person was pushed to the point where they be, they became mentally ill um, or, um, you know, they, they just, I mean, I, I, I can't ever think of being that mad. You know what I mean? Um, 
ever. So I, I just, that's one thing. And, and, and the other thing is, again, uh, like Deputy Kennedy was saying, um, you, you put a, a, an angry child, okay, and, and, um, you know, in, in a position where he has access to firearms, um, it's bad. You know, um, responsible gun ownership um, is also paramount to a reduction in school violence, I believe. Um, most of these kids are getting their guns from their parents. Um, some, and of course, like the Florida thing um, recently, he bought his own. Well, I guess my thing is, is as, as a parent, um, if I believe that my kid was a danger um, or had that potential, um, I would not, he would not have any access to firearms, at least at my house, you know? Um, and, and I believe that everybody had that mindset, um, then it would make it a lot more difficult for this type of thing to happen. Um, um, we'll, we'll quick, Kyle. Right. I'm actually going to um, say that I'm going to combine 13 and the current one, current okay. question, because I'm going to ask, like, the children are obviously getting the guns, mm -hmm. but would banning them stop them, stop them from getting it just because of that? Because there is the possibility of, it's all known, say, the black market where items can be bought. Banning guns wouldn't stop the black market from selling them. Would the children still be able to get it from there? Or would banning guns just completely stop that idea and there'd be no way to kill them to get them? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start with this one. Uh, do I think banning guns will stop, will stop shootings? No. No, not not at all. Um, first off, you have to understand that uh, in the United States, there, there are millions, millions of guns. Yeah. How, how do you how do you are you going to disarm the population? That isn't going to work. And that just interferes with the Second Amendment, right? It, it does, and and the government, I mean, the, the courts have, have ruled. How, how I mean, no, they can't. Um, you know, you look at. I guess I look at uh, look at Chicago. Okay. Um, it's got very strict gun laws, always has. It's got also one of the highest murder rates in the, in the, in the United States. Probably if it's not the top, it's real close. Say like top three yeah, for sure. I would almost say top two. I mean, I don't know New Yorker, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's quite a bit bigger. Um, but man, it's, 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 it's bad. And of those shootings, most of these, Perpetrators are are felons, which can't legally buy guns anyway. Yet they have them. So I guess my 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 thing is is no, I, I don't believe uh, you know the correlation of of uh, gun control and things of that nature really affect law abiding citizens, not the criminal element. I guess is what I'm kind of saying. So if the criminal wants to do something, he's going to do it. You yes. Know? And and no law is going to stop him from doing mm -hmm. it because he doesn't. He's care. already broken He's the law. He's the criminal. That's that's the mentality. You know, it's the old adage that if you criminalize gun ownership, <laughs> then only criminals will have them. Uh, like he said, there's millions of guns, unfortunately, in the United States. Also, unfortunately, the United States leads the world in this type of incident in these shootings. Um, so the alternative is you outlaw, you ban guns, 
the purchasing of weapons, but then you have to go out and start confiscating all of the weapons that you know to be in existence. Where's your civil liberties at that point? Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody in this room is willing to even attempt. No, and, and I don't know if you guys are old enough. You remember Waco? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The federal government believed that they had automatic weapons and they went in to take them. Didn't work out so hot. Bad day. It, it comes down to that society attitude. You, you, I think you need to start working like you guys are from the bottom up Absolutely. and start working on the attitudes, the mental health issue. That's another great thing. Once again, you need the government to step up, start funding those things. Uh, not only the recognition, but the treatment, providing care for them people instead of just cutting the funding, closing down the facilities that were helping them, throwing them out on the streets, that fend for yourself type attitude. So seems society to be the, as a whole needs to work on. Yeah, that, that seems to be the society or the, the, the trend, especially in the mental health side of things uh, for years. I mean, it's just let's pull, let's pull, let's pull, let's pull. And, you know, I mean, we're to the point now where we've got more mentally, uh, we, we have more. Uh, uh, mentally unstable. Yes. Uh, that's a good word. Uh, in our jails um, than we do in, in treatment facilities. And, and it's a mental illness. Illness equals, you know, they're sick. Yeah. You know, um, they, they need to be helped um, so that they don't go out and commit crimes. Um, but no, we just, we just lock them up and turn our head. So this is a question that I've had several times before. Um, based on like when people get out of prison, they are obviously stigma against and have felon felonies on them. Okay. Do you think that because there are common, it's common that, um, they'll be reoccurring things like when they get out, they'll start causing, doing crimes again. Sure. Do you, do you think it would be better if, like, say, they got out on good time, like they didn't do anything bad in prison, like they showed rehabilitation, if they would have a bit more leeway and how they get be able to reintegrate society a bit easier? Because I have an uncle who recently got out of prison for 30 years, and he just finally got off house arrest, but it's hard for him to find a job, get a car, or anything like right. that. There's not a lot of programs out there for them. I, I fully agree. A lot of them, when they're released, they have no alternative. They, they can't find a job. Nobody wants to give them housing. No, you know, they have to go. They end up going back to the same old friends that they had before. It repeats itself. Absolutely. It's that vicious circle. Absolutely. Uh, providing they're on the right track as far as the training in the prisons go. They're trying to train them now, you know, a lot of IT work. Um, give them a skill that they can market when they get out. But still, society needs to open up and allow them people that second chance, allow them to move into the workforce and stuff. Is there going to be a stigma attached? Always is. I mean, there's no way to look around, get around that. People are still gonna, well, they've been in prison, they're gonna give them, look at them with a wary eye. But, but opening that up, eventually society will start to turn. They'll start to realize these people are good, productive uh, additions to to society. And, you know, we can't hold it against them. The past is the past. That's what I tell my students in the D.A.R.E. program stuff. You know, everybody makes mistakes. There isn't anybody in this room that hasn't made a mistake in their life. It's what you do after that mistake. 
and the past is the past. You should commend somebody for attempting to overcome that mistake rather than having them focus on the mistake. It's dwelling on the past. It's dwelling on the past. You always have to look towards the future. Um, there's been recent talks about increasing the minimum age for children to get for people to get guns. Where do you think the, that line should be? Should should it be at age 21 where you can start getting alcohol, or do you think it should go even further to 25 to where you have those years of legal being able to obtain alcohol to decide if you are going to do that, and then you won't have access to a gun immediately, get drunk, and go shoot somebody off of? My thought is you can ask a young person at the age of 18 to pick up arms and go into war. I don't think they should have to wait until they're 21 or 25 to purchase a weapon. I think the problem stems in the training, requiring everybody to go through a training course, kind of like the hunter safety course young people have to go through. You go through a, a safety course, you how to operate that weapon, the safe storage of that weapon. You have to prove that you're responsible enough to own that weapon. And I think 18-year-olds are responsible enough given the, the right training and, and opportunities. Yes. So, so basically more of a background check because they'd have to know how to operate the weapon correctly so that they can do it correctly. Right. Well, yes, and you, and you wouldn't want to give, uh, again, um, you would not want to give uh, somebody with mental illness um, access to that firearm. You get what I'm saying? So, yes, background checks are a biggie. Um, I know everybody goes back to the whole, uh, you know, it's, it's my God-given right as an American to have, to have a gun. It is um, until you have proven that it's not. You know, um, sometimes, unfortunately, again, um, sometimes actions have consequences, like felons. Felons are not allowed to have firearms. Um, there's a reason for that. They have shown that they're irresponsible um, and, and should not have that right. Um, kind of the way it is, you know. Do you think that there should be a ban on non-hunting? Uh, do I wrap that one up? I just what had. <laughs> I did, did when I read that one. I had. Uh, it's always interested me, and I so I pulled up a few statistics. Uh, there's been 49 mass shootings since. Uh, April 20th, 1999, not including the most recent ones. And in those shootings, those 49 shootings, uh, there's been 87 weapons involved. Only nine of those weapons have been ARAK style weapons. AK, or otherwise known as assault rifles. Assault, rifles. yeah, what people yes. call assault rifles. Correct. 58 have been handguns. Some of them, a lot of them revolvers, six, six shooters. Uh, there's been two hunting or long guns involved, 10 shotguns, one knife, one pipe bomb, and one flamethrower. Now, where they got a flamethrower, I have no I mean, you can, you can make <laughs> flamethrowers at home. And then there's a kind of axe and a lighter, you know? <laughs> five weapons that were unidentified. They don't know what weapons were used. But banning a specific type of weapon uh, just makes the enthusiast the criminal because I go back to that 
somebody that's wanting to do harm is going to find a way to do harm. So if they can't get an ARAK style assault weapon, um, then I'll use a handgun. I'll use a knife if I have to. Just recently, and I believe it was China. It was yeah, like 30 kills or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was closer to 40. Is there killed really? with a knife. Yeah, he went out and just went and started stabbing a bunch of people. So if they want to do bad, they're going to do bad one Absolutely. way or the other. Now, am I, that by no means says that I'm in favor of having the high capacity magazines and stuff. Or the bump stocks. Yeah, or the bump stocks. Even for an enthusiast that likes to go out and shoot, you don't need a magazine that holds 120 rounds. I mean, with a bump stock. Yeah, what turns it into almost a I mean, machine really, gun. Yeah. It is almost a fully automatic type of type of rifle. I personally, I'm not going to say I, it wouldn't be, <laughs> but uh, personally, I like to shoot long range target practice. The biggest magazine I have is five rounds for my weapon. And very rarely is that magazine in there because it's a bold action one round at a time. Yeah, so just, that's what I do. It's target shooting. So I'm not in favor of the bump stocks. I'm not in favor of the high capacity magazines, any of that stuff. But I don't think that banning certain style weapons is the answer. I agree wholeheartedly with Deputy Kennedy. Um, you're not, it's a mindset thing um, versus a particular weapon. Um, like Deputy Kennedy was saying, um, if I wanted to do bad and I can't get a, can't get an AR-15 or, or AK-47, I mean, I can get just, just as many rounds with two, with two pistols, you know. Um, it, again, it's, it's the changing of the mindset, identifying the mindset. Uh, of the of the potential bad guy and addressing it prior to um, the 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 shooting, you know, you know what I'm saying, or or whatever act, um, you know, that person is going to try to commit. Um, to expand on that a little bit, <clears throat> with the idea of assault weapons and all that, why do you think that? Um, it's a bit more controversial, but why do you think the media focuses more on? ones that use assault weapons instead of ones that use like revolvers or like a knife. They don't focus much on that, but they focus on the more like weapons that would be maybe used by the military. I, I think personally it's because they believe that that, that is, is, is a more realistic uh, something that they can achieve is, is taking away the rifles or the, or the assault style weapons uh, versus uh, taking and then, and then work on the handguns. You get what I'm saying? Because I, I just that that just is my opinion. Um, I don't. That is popular. It is right now. Yeah, absolutely, it's popular to say it's, the, it's the assault style weapons. And you have literally two two sides to this. Okay, you've got those that say uh, it's my God given right to have a gun, any gun I want, and that's that. And then you have the the other side of this that say uh, we should not have a armed armed civilian population. And and that those are the two sides. Um, and it seems to be a. Uh, very deeply entrenched political um, right. issue. Now, I did have an individual the other day <clears throat> bring up the argument that, well, it's with the assault-style weapons, they have the opportunity to put more rounds downrange. They can kill more people quickly. 
like he said, you can with a couple of semi-automatic handguns too. You can have the same number of rounds and you can put them down range pretty quickly. Um, so once again, that comes back to maybe get rid of the high capacity magazines and the bump stocks and stuff. Make that end of it a little more difficult. But I, I love the meme where the the individual's sitting in a rocking chair and he's got his uh, assault rifle propped up in the corner and it, the caption reads, I've been sitting here for, for over 24 hours and it hasn't gotten up and killed anybody yet. <laughs> People tend to put the blame on the weapon. Well, they had this weapon. Is it the weapon or is it the individual behind yeah, it? And that's it's another question we had. Question. It was that last question on our paper. It was as a, a gun problem or a people problem. It's definitely the people. Absolutely, it's a time people. problem. Yeah, we. Wouldn't about. you guys agree? Yeah, yeah that's, that's my point of view. Is that we have a people problem, not a gun problem. Yep. We've had these guns we've for had, how long? And you know, we've had guns for centuries, and but but people are constantly changing guns. Yeah, they can get better, faster, more deadly, but. Them, them and themselves can't kill a person. It That's, requires someone to pull them. Right. Correct. And, and specifically, when, 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 when we come into uh, you know, the, the mass shooting, school shooting type situations um, or, or, or that topic, um, that's a phenomenon that, that, is, that has recently come to light. Uh, I, I don't know if Columbine was the absolute first one. No, but these have gone on since the was, 1800s. Yeah, right. They just... Uh, I, mean, I mean, obviously, as as technology unfolds, I mean, you know, if you're shooting a musket, you're not going to quite get. You know, it takes a while to reload a musket. Yeah, and and I think that's the part of the mentality on the on the high capacity magazines and and that and, and the other things. But again, I mean, with the with the information that's out on the internet, I mean, you can build a pipe bomb. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you can do that that if you want to affect the the mass casualty, um, you know, to to get your glory. Um, which seems to be one of the big, one of the big things for, for these kid or for these shooters um, is they want the recognition. They want you know, and you've got to kill forty people um, to get more than five minutes on the on, on CNN. Um, otherwise, I mean, it's a it's a blurb that's at the bottom. You know, it, it's, it's that's why it's, I'm also in favor sickening. of banning the use of the name of the person that I kills agree. somebody else. I agree wholeheartedly. They should never be known ever. Yeah, you might help. And without getting on my soapbox, <laughs> which I tend to do once in a while, um, it all starts with you guys. I mean, I don't know how I can, how much more I can stress that. It starts with the young people realizing that everybody's different. It has been getting better. Uh, you don't have the group of jocks, as we used to call them, the football players and stuff, the big athletes walking down the hall, pushing people out of their way and stuff. You don't have that anymore. But embracing those differences, learning to talk about it. If you don't understand it, talk to them. Find out about other people's differences. That's the only way. That's the only way you're ever going to overcome this attitude. Absolutely. The only way to affect change is through education. Um, should there be an armed officer at every school? Armed officers at the school um, are a deterrent. That's about all they are. Uh, if somebody's looking for a soft target, as we call it, someplace that they can easily get in and out of, they're not going to pick one that they know that there's an officer there, an armed guard or whatever. They're going to pick someplace else. 
However, having a single armed officer at every school, it's unrealistic. It doesn't, yes, it's unrealistic, and it doesn't take long for somebody to observe to find out what the routine is Absolutely. and that sort sure. of thing. Uh, so it's, it's simply <laughs> a deterrent. Now, the advantage to having an armed officer at the school, if something does come down, you've got somebody that can immediately respond and hopefully will respond. Um, they may not be able to take out the threat, but they can contain the threat, isolate it until other people yeah, can get until there. Backup shows up. Right, to, to lower the number of victims. So it does have its advantages, but again, you're right. Uh, and, and it's about saving lives. Um, you know, statistically speaking, uh, once police arrive on scene and actively engage uh, the bad guy, um, usually one of two things happen. Uh, either the bad guy kills himself or the bad guy gives up. It's very rarely do the, the police shoot the bad guy. Um, it's just, like I said, he's, he's, and, and, and it seems to be, uh, you know, that the bad guy, as, as soon as he's getting rounds back at him, he's like, oh, you know, scary, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, wow. This is real. Um, otherwise, it's, it's like some some sort of weird fantasy, you know, um, uh, he's just going around shooting people, you know, and, 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 and you know, as more data comes out, um, you know, about, uh, you know, this this recent uh, Florida uh, shooting and and as. Uh, more data comes out about, I mean, we're still talking about Columbine and that was what, 15, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Boy, I can't even remember. Um, but we, we're still getting data out of that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, that's basically all the questions we have, isn't it? I mean, it might be a couple ones that have been kind of answered over the course of the, of the, yeah, because we we did kind of answer the gun problem, people problem, half multiple multitudes of the questions. So, well, in closing, I'd like to say I'm not telling everybody to join hands and stand in a circle and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, sing Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very realistic either. But learn to talk to each other. Social media has a has its place. You're using it properly today this this is exactly absolutely. what it should be used for absolutely to send text messages dirty pictures or whatever um bad mouthing somebody totally inappropriate and not what it was designed and i think the younger generation's starting to realize that where it's where it's taken them and that's starting to reverse which is a good thing learn to talk to each other learn to sh show that empathy use that empathy understand where other people are coming from may not be the same place that you're coming from but as i said in the beginning it'd be a pretty boring world if we were all the same wouldn't it yep. yeah oh um i'm i'm sorry to say for all four of us that we're glad to have you on here to yeah. talk about this thanks for inviting us oh absolutely this was great our our premier maiden voyage podcast so. <laughs> keep up the good work absolutely thank you for listening to alt f Force first podcast a huge thank you to warren and knox county sheriff's offices for speaking with us on this hot topic of school shootings and gun control tune in next week to hear episode two from alt f4 a town